is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 61 for Monday, November 21st, 2011. Thank you very kindly for joining us once again. How's it going, Jay? It is going fine. How's it going with you? It's going okay. I don't I don't normally like as a general rule, I don't like to use this platform, this podcast here as a soapbox. Really? Mostly because I generally don't have much to say, but also because it's not the purpose of this show. We're here to talk about The Walking Dead and nothing else. Okay, are you going to change that rule? Well, bend it. I was uh, I was so upset about something on the way home today that I just wanted to throw it out there that I think, and you can tell me if this is inappropriate for the con- for the content of this show. Okay, but I think that the transit system in this city is the most colossal piece of shit in the universe. Uh, well, I don't know about the universe. <laughs> I hear uh, Alpha Centauri has a pretty crappy subway. Took me an hour and 20 minutes to get home, which is like, what, 10 kilometers from my, my work to my house, which on the subway normally should take, I don't know, five or six minutes. And the problem is I have to let train after train go by because they're too busy to fit anyone else on. I don't know, but okay, so yes, I've had problems with the TTC. Uh, yeah, it can be challenging sometimes. Uh, whether or not it's the worst colossal piece of crap in the universe, I don't know. <laughs> whether it's appropriate for this uh, podcast, no. It was brutal, and that's why we're recording late, and I felt bad because you have to go so far to get home. So yeah, I blame the TTC. Let's move on. All right, soapbox put away. Soapbox put away. Let's move on to this. <laughs> The Walking Dead News. That's right. It is time for The Walking Dead News. we got lots of other good stuff coming up. But first in the news, let's look back at the ratings for last week. That episode was called Chupacabra, and it scored a 3.2 with 6.124 million viewers. That, of course, is in the 18 to 49 demographic. As am I. Yeah, as as am right, I. Right, right in there. It's almost the same ratings as the week before. It is a 0.2 decrease from the week before. So yeah. very, very close. I live with that. The 11 p.m. repeat scored 1.0 with 2.2 million viewers. Yeah. All, all that I ask is that, uh, you know, 50% of those people listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we can <laughs> handle that kind of traffic. So... <laughs> Three million people, eh? It's a problem I'm willing to take on. Yeah. Just to let you know. Let's call it a challenge. Yeah. Three million people. (laughs) What the heck? That'd be amazing. It really would. Uh, Talking AMC's Talking Dead ratings came in at a 0.6 with 1.164 million viewers, again, up from the week before. Hmm, That midnight time slot is not challenging them as much as I thought it would. It's not. And I have a theory here. I think it's due to um, ever uh, better guests. They're getting better guests on now that they had than they had at the beginning. Well, that's good for them. Although I wouldn't say that Robert Kirkman on the second show is a bad guest. He's just not the right person to have on that show because he can't talk about anything. Yeah. Right? right? <laughs> so what's going to happen? I can't tell you. Yeah, no, what do you think? I can't tell you. No, can't say anything. Is this a show about zombies and people? I really can't say. <laughs> it's about one of those things. I just don't know which. Hey, maybe both. Um, so last night they had Kevin Smith on. 
Oh, so he's good. he's a big name. He's always a good guest to have on. He's, he's quite he, the orator. He's very good, and and I watched it, and I kind of enjoyed it this week because of that. He, um, he was typical Kevin Smith without the foul language or marijuana or the weed. I he, assume he might have been high before uh, from before they went on the air. I don't know, but he he was pretty good. He was he spoke intelligently about the show. Well, he yeah he speaks intelligent intelligently about a lot of topics. Well, yeah, exactly. So he's obviously a fan. He's obviously been watching it, and he was definitely a good guest to have on. Chris Hardwick was still a little bit annoying, but that's only because he talks too fast. I don't know. He just needs to slow down a little. Take a breath. Yeah. Relax. That's what I think, too. But with a name like Chris Hardwick, you can't. Really? <laughs> it's his name that gets him, keeps going fast? Yeah, well, you, gotta, you, have to, you have to talk fast. You got a name like that, you got to talk fast. Hardwick. All right. Uh, I so think it's Chris. Chris is the problem, not I, Hardwick. I tend to talk too fast too, don't I? <laughs> At least on here. I'll try to slow down slow as well. Slow down. All make right. this a very mellow show. Well, we don't want to be too mellow. No, we don't want to be too mellow. We also don't want to be here for three hours. So <laughs> I know I don't. I want, I'm going to be asleep in three hours. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, sir. At your own home. Of course. Uh, so we've got a few other items in the news. Robert Kirkman's been doing a lot of interviewing lately, I guess, as we lead up to the last episode before the... Uh, holiday hiatus he's been he's been doing the circuits he was interviewed by tv guide and he had this to say about shane the character shane he said i certainly don't feel like he's worn out his welcome just yet Hmm. the thought of seeing shane interact with a possible future prison storyline and interacting with other things that happen in the comic book is absolutely super appealing for me well of course it would be because that that you know in the comic he's uh shane has been completed Right? He doesn't... Uh, okay, we're going to get into little spoilers in the comic book here. Is that okay? Well, we've spoiled it before, but just in case you're worried about it, go uh, stop listening for a few minutes right now. Yeah. Well, Shane doesn't make it to the prison, so having him there would be really, really interesting to see how he would... Uh, you know, how, how that whole storyline would uh, would be with him there, Would I think would be very interesting. Especially the Shane that's in the TV show. Yes. Not the Shane that was in the comic, but having the Shane that's in the TV show continue on, because that's a much stronger character. Much stronger character. He's, he's well, we can talk about this later maybe, but he might be the best character on the show right now because of how conflicted he is and how much he's got going on. Yeah, he's absolutely conflicted and very interesting right now. And you're right. I don't blame Kirkman for saying, yeah, because he can do anything he wants with Shane now. Not that he's the only decision maker, but he's in a position where he can, you know, he can see what happens to this character long after he killed him off in the comic that's right so it's it's a good position to be in mm-hmm. so kirkman was also interviewed by entertainment weekly and he said this on why shane shot otis in the leg this is something we've debated a little bit here mm-hmm. and it, it shot him in the leg as opposed to the head is what i'm getting at and he says it was the idea that if he screamed and moved uh, if he was screaming and moving about he would draw more walkers to him while he was being devoured and shane's an a-hole <laughs> right so we were right on both counts yeah, exactly. Shane's a bit of a prick, and he knows a that. screaming and you know moving uh, injured person attracts more zombies than someone who is dead and well. That's still. How, that's how you catch a uh, a dinosaur, right? You remember in uh, Jurassic Park, you put out a, a live sheep and it kind of cries and yells, and that's when the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes. Yeah, you put out a dead sheep, Tyrannosaurus Rex not going to come anywhere near it. it it's for, it, it works for fish too. If, you, if your bait is, you know, worm or frog screaming. or whatever. <laughs> That's right. If it's screaming somehow, <laughs> a lot of fish 
Go right for it. They go right for it because, yeah. uh, you know, the fish love screaming things. Or at least sharks do. Well, wriggling things. I don't know about screaming. <laughs> if, if worms could scream. How do you know they don't? Huh? Well, they scream real quietly. <laughs> Anyways, I think that puts that debate to rest. And it's shot him in the leg because he's a jerk and he didn't want to kill him outright. Smart jerk. Absolutely. Finally, he Kirkman was interviewed by Zap Tuit, and he had this to say about the last episode before hiatus. He says it is a bigger episode, and there are some loose ends tied up, but I wouldn't want to say uh, what just yet. Right. And I'm going to say right now that because, uh, you know, spoiler for the episode you watched last night, because they haven't found Sophia yet, they're going to find her next week. They have to. Well, yeah, they would. If they or, don't... Or Lori's going to give birth. Uh, yeah. going to that... wrap up that whole storyline. She's going to have a baby. <laughs> Bit of a time jump there. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. I'm going with the Sophia theory. Okay, all right. Uh, so they're going to wrap her up. It's a bigger episode. Um, however they choose to do it, if she just suddenly walks out of the forest and she's A-OK, or if she's a zombie in the barn like we've speculated, we have no idea. But however they choose to do it, it better be satisfying. That's all I'm saying. Michonne. She's going to show up as Michonne. That's another theory we had. Again, yep. I don't think that's going to happen next week, but... I hope she just does, <clears throat> doesn't just walk out of the forest. Hey, how's it going? What's going on here? Well, where you been? I'm wandering around. Oh, yeah. All right. I lived in another farmhouse for a while, and I went back to the highway, got your stuff, but you weren't there. Yeah. I dropped my doll. Yeah, that's right. I lost my doll. I lost my doll. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It better be something more satisfying than that. That's all I'm saying right yeah. now. In the same interview, Kirkman went on to talk a little bit about episodes after the hiatus. He Ooh. says, there's definitely a slew of new characters that are going to be introduced after the hiatus. I wouldn't want to say who they are, again. Well, they, of course not. They may be original to the show. They may be from the comic. I can't really say, but there are going to be some new faces coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be fun stuff happening. I don't know. Let's. Do we think, how soon do you think we're going to have our group leave the farm, if at all? Uh, I think they're going to leave at the end of next episode. Do you think they're actually going to kick them out? Eh? Yeah, I think the the cliffhanger is going to be them leaving the leaving the place behind, hmm. one way or the other. I don't know. That's it. Could be. It could be, and they're stranded on the road again. Right? I think. I, I think they played out the, uh, the the farm. I think it's pretty played out. Except that you got to think something might happen next week that changes everything. Well, exactly. Right. So I think that the you know the status quo at the farm has been played out. Things have got to change. They've been there long enough. Yeah. I think they're moving on. See, I'm not convinced they're moving on. I think something's going to happen. Herschel wants them to leave, clearly, but I think that something's going to happen that forces this group to stay together a little bit longer, and by that I mean like Herschel's people and Rick's people. Right. We will see. I think they're going to leave. One more quick item in the news. Um, Toys R Us is going to be selling an exclusive Rick Grimes action figure. I find this moderately exciting because when I was down at New York Comic Con, I purchased a bunch of the Walking Dead action figures. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Toys R Us is going to have a very, very cool black and white version of Rick. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so he's like Comic Rick. Now, you know the, the one I brought back from Comic Con that was Bloody Rick? That's right. It's, I think it's going to be Bloody Rick, but black and white. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So according to InsidePulse.com, it will be in stores in December. Just and, in time for Christmas. And I look forward to getting one, I must admit. I don't own all the figures yet, but I really want this one because it's black and white. I, I own them all so far. <clears throat> right. 
And you're going to get this if you can. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. You're suddenly a comic, a uh, action figure collector. Suddenly. So, well, I own a grand total of six. <laughs> five Walking Dead and one uh, The Man in Black. The Man What's in Black. Name? Johnny Cash? Johnny Cash. You have a Johnny Cash action I, figure? I got it for my birthday a couple of years ago. I bought a Canadian Prime Minister action figure for somebody once. Oh, well, that's pretty exciting. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That was uh, Laurier, right? Uh, no, I think I bought John A. McDonald for somebody. Oh, I thought, uh, I think my friend Derek bought a lawyer. No. Uh, McKen- William Lyon Mackenzie King? Who was the first one? I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Oh, I know. <laughs> Boy. Uh, all right. I know Laurier's on the $5 bill. We need to go back to the Canadian <laughs> history high school Back class. to Canadian school. That was pretty bad. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, interesting, I thought, to have a Canadian prime minister action figure. Yep. I, I'm more in, I'm more into a exclusive black and white Rick Grimes though. Yeah, especially since we know who he is. <laughs> especially since we can list <laughs> where he's from. Good lord! Wow. All right, that's it for the news. Let's get on to this. Listener feedback. That's right, listener feedback. You can call, email, tweet us, or send in Morse code messages. Hey, as, that'd be cool. Yeah, you'd have to decode it because I'd take too long. Well, you, there's probably Morse code decoders. <clears throat> Oh, that's applications true. out there. That's true. I've used them before. It's exciting. Have you? Well, for some, for Lost did a ARG. Oh yeah, and yeah. they had some Morse code way back in the day, and I plugged it into that. So how would they send it though? That's the problem. What? Well, how would you send a Morse code message? Usually, you have to sell it over, or you know, send it over uh, wireless or over you know the uh, the telegraph lines. They, they don't use, have a telegraph line. They use the period and the hyphen character. And then That's you plug that in. That's just a text message. <laughs> That's not Morse code. It's Morse code for the 21st century, man. Oh. It's a bit lame, I agree. Yeah, I think we have to, they have to send it over wireless. We have to get a ham radio system and a ham radio uh, operator's license. But then that's voice. Damn it. We need a telegraph system in this country. And every country. Okay. So we can get Morse code messages. If some show comes up with an alternate reality game involving telegraph messaging, I'll be impressed. All right. We've got lots of cool feedback this week. Uh, first off, Lisa, who didn't give a location, wrote a comment on our website about Sophia's doll. We were mm. wondering last week if she actually had it when she ran off because we weren't sure. And she says, Lisa says, I was just rewatching the scenes of Sophia's attack because I wasn't sure either if she really took the doll, but she did. Oh, she good. is carrying it in every single scene during the attack. So, awesome. There you go. No prop error. Nothing there. We had another um, another person email in and say, of course she had the doll. Give the writers some credit. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't We're remember wondering. who that was. But you've got a point. We need, to, we need to probably assume that they know what they're doing, not that they don't know what they're doing. And there's people on a show like this whose entire job is continuity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Making sure that these things don't happen so idiots on the internet like us don't go, ah, they screwed up. Yeah. I mean, what show is that sloppy these days? I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. It just wouldn't happen. So we can uh, we can put that to rest. She definitely had the doll. Uh, Leanne writes in about Carol and Daryl. I like I like that they rhyme. Yeah. Could make for a fun little couple there. She says, I think the flashback in the beginning of this episode was to renew abusive Ed in our minds since Carol and Daryl have a moment later. 
She's, of course, talking about last week's episode. Mm -hmm. I also think Carol and Daryl won't hook up. I think Carol relates to Daryl in the abuse and sees him in a maternal way, knowing he probably didn't have that love and appreciation growing up. She wants him to see that he's important, too, which is good because his brother was uh, this uh, was braiding him in his hallucination, trying to turn him rotten again. Right. So I think she has a good point there. This is more of a uh, maternal type. You know, she sees him as a child almost. Really? That she needs to take care of. I, I, I'm not sure. I think I think uh, I think the love interest is more realistic. You think so? I do. I, well, I it's all know. mixed in. I mean, I mean, it, that can be easily misconstrued and mixed in. You know, relationship slash being your mother kind of thing. The only thing about it is, like, she was in an abusive relationship with her husband, and she sees that in in Daryl as well. Um, but she's also lost her child, and she's looking to replace that feeling a little bit, probably. Right. Because Sophia's been gone forever. And I, th I feel like she... I, I think uh, Leanne is right. She, I think she, uh, Carol probably sees Daryl more as someone she can baby a little bit and help, rather than hop in the sack with. And uh, how's, that, uh, how's that different from Ed? <laughs> You know, he probably was making her do the laundry, do the cooking, cleaning, getting his slippers and his beer. Uh, she was very much the maternal uh, kind of person in that relationship as well, I'm sure. You know, add in abuse and uh, verbal and physical abuse and away you go. Well, yeah, but Ed was a terrible person. Carol is presumably a good person or a nice yeah. person. But she's used to that in the relationship, right? She, yeah. So she goes to a new relationship. She's probably thinking in order for me to, you know, interest somebody, I have to take care of them. I have to feed them. I have to clothe them. I have to, that, you know, make them feel safe and comfortable. And I have to be uh, submissive because, you know, if I'm not in any way, I get a get the backhand of somebody right that's that's a good point she's she might just be reacting how she's always been forced to react sort of thing yeah so we will see if that leads anywhere in the show jerry from texas writes in about uh daryl pulling the bolt out of his side he says you talk about daryl pulling the arrow out of his side the hard way the way he pulled out the arrow may have been harder but it was probably also significantly less painful. Imagine pulling out the arrow the other way with that sharp arrowhead having to travel back through, and there was also a chance it could have gotten lodged in him. Daryl may be a backwoods country boy, but his survival skills serve him well. Being in that situation, I would have pulled out that arrow the way Daryl did. So that, that uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think that that arrow had barbs on it. Well, I went back and watched it because I, after reading Jerry's email, was slightly confused. When you said he pulled it out the hard way, to me, uh, at the, last week when we recorded, I wasn't sure. And to me, that meant that he would pulled it out backwards. So not having the arrow go forwards through the rest and pulling the rest of the arrow through him. The hard way to me would be pulling it out backwards and having the arrowhead kind of scrape its way back through. Well, was the arrowhead, was it barbed? Was it like a, was it like a hunting arrowhead or was it a target arrowhead uh i'm not 100 sure i don't think there were barbs on it though yeah so i'm not sure how much they would have scraped going out the back way but the fletching coming out the front way i mean sure you probably had more muscles at play so it was easier to pull out going the front way because mm -hmm. you know pulling things out the back you don't i mean you have your triceps and you know you can't bring to bear as many muscle groups pulling it out the back way so bringing out the front way would be easier you know physically 
but uh, I'm not sure. If, if that arrowhead didn't have barbs, I'm, how much would it scrape? But then again, I don't have a lot of experience with arrowheads. Right. Right? Well, see, the, I'm just thinking about, I mean, an arrow is designed to fly forward, pointy end first, right? Right. It sticks into you, and if you're going to pull it out, keep that pointy end going the right way. Pointy end is a technical term, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, keep it going the same way, and yeah, you have to pull, what's it called? The other end of the arrow? The back end. The fletching or something? The fletching, yeah. You have to pull all that through for sure, but even that stuff kind of goes forward, you know, not backwards. Right. And uh, so when last week when you were talking about the hard way, I was assuming he pulled it out backwards, and that to me would be the hard way. But, oh, for uh, me the hard way was pulling it out forwards because then you got to pull all the, uh, the fletching through your body. Right, it, but it's either that or pull an arrowhead backwards through your body and tear out some flesh with it. Well, see, I assumed it was just a target practice arrowhead, <laughs> right? Or that it was just a, you know, basically the shaft, and then you screw on the, the arrowhead onto the, onto the end of that, and it just goes the width of the shaft down to a point, right? Whereas, no, it had a it had a, it had a head on it. Oh well, then that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it it yeah, had yeah, an draw, actual draw head. me a picture that'll help. I'm not doing that. Head <laughs> like this and shaft coming down. Okay, so if it had that head on it, then I'm way, uh, you know, I'm talking out my ass here because I'm, right. I'm way wrong. Then <laughs> I, I will. I'll, I'm the first to admit that if it had an actual head on it with like barbs, then uh, he he did the right thing. That took a, that took a long time to clear well, up. Well, that's the thing is that I just thought it was uh, you know the regular target head, but uh, I didn't know it had. Uh, Okay. Well, it's good. Jerry uh, from Texas, we all are on the same page now, I yeah. think. Yeah. No, thank you for uh, clearing that up and setting me straight. <laughs> all right. Chris wrote an email uh, from no location, and he uh, said about why they were using the cow pump. I'm all over the place. He said, the answer to the question about why Daryl and T-Dog had to get water out of the cow pump is becomes... That, is that a, what it's called? I guess so. I think we were saying this is the, the well, uh, cow well, um, the, cow water the, well. The The... Well, for the cattle. There you go. Uh, Chris yeah, says, okay. to answer that question, becomes apparent during the Chupacabra episode when they show the house from the perspective of the RV and tents. They are set quite a distance back from the house, and anyone who has to carry water to a campsite knows that water weighs a little more than eight pounds a gallon, and a five-gallon five jug is 40 pounds of sloshing awkward weight. The cow pump being the closest pump to the campsite would be the obvious choice for the old man and the guy with one functioning arm. Right. So he's just saying that that well is closest to where they had their tents and camps set up. So it makes most sense to get it there and not have to carry it all the way across the farm. Right. Uh, and uh, water is, uh, what did you say, eight pounds a gallon? He said eight pounds a gallon. That, uh, I think it's it's uh, about a kilogram per liter, in case you're wondering. That much, eh? Yeah, I think so. So a two-liter bottle of of pop is two kilograms two kilograms yeah okay that's four point something pounds isn't it 4.4 pounds is two kilograms right yeah i that's don't know seem, i don't know seems like a lot but anyways i know the metric system there is a measure like there's a there's a, a correlation between weight and size mm -hmm. right so one kilogram is uh one liter of water okay right so that's the correlation all right and yeah, at 25 degrees Celsius. Well, I'm going to take Chris's, uh, um, take him at his word here and say that eight pounds to the gallon and a five gallon jug is about 40 pounds of sloshing awkward weight. There it is. One gallon uh, is eight pounds or 3.7 kilograms. And one liter is one kilogram or 2.2 pounds. Wow, that's handy. Good to know. Um, anyways, I think his point makes sense. 
They're going to use oh, yeah. the well that's closest to their camp. I don't want to carry water all the way from the house. Well, no. That's or, crazy. Or a well that's way on the other side. Or so. just start that water truck on the highway and drive that in. <laughs> that would be helpful, too. Yeah. <laughs> you could put a few of those jugs in a wheelbarrow and move them over, you know? Yeah, no kidding. So, That'd easy. Okay, moving along. A uh, couple of, uh, one call and a couple of, or an email on the Atlanta firebombing. Let's play the call first. Hi, this is William calling from Illinois, and this is about the opening scene of Chupacabra and how um, the bombing of Atlanta. About the um, cluster on the highway, um, how that could have happened is maybe different highway, obviously, and maybe they also napalmed or accidentally napalmed that highway, causing all those people to burn to death, not turn into zombies, because if you that would any palm obviously would burn out your brain. So that's my theory on how they didn't, you know, turn into zombies and eat brains. So William is talking about the traffic jam that our group gets to um, where the, where at the at the first episode of season two when the herd comes through. Right. So there has been some discussion on why all those people weren't reanimated as zombies. And I think he's got a good theory. They yep. that may have been napalmed by the military, and those people kind of all burnt up. Now there wasn't a lot of evidence of burning there, so to speak, but I think it's a good theory. That's not bad. I, I'm not, yeah. I think there'd be more evidence of uh, burning if they napalm something. I mean, all those cars would be charred, and there'd be uh, lots of blackened, like that uh, the room that uh, that Shane and Andrea found in that that house. That that was, was burnt. all burnt. <clears throat> That was definitely burnt and melty. But still, I mean, it it does it would explain why those people weren't zombies and they were just lying there dead. So uh, I do like it. Andrew from Colorado wrote in and he said, "My first observation is that Atlanta is one of the more spread out metro areas in the U.S. Atlanta has at least three clusters of commercial districts that have grouped skyscrapers. Some are further on the outskirts as opposed to the central downtown area." Second, I think you were correct that they were dropping incendiary devices as opposed to explosive devices, and there is evidence of incendiary action in the city, i.e. the burnt-out bus and other vehicles. Ah, yes, the burnt-out bus. That bus was pretty burnt out. It was a burnt bus. There was definitely other stuff. Also, rain would wash away some of the, um, like, scorch marks, wouldn't it? it? It would over time. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, it wouldn't clean up a burnt-out building, right? But well, I would just assume that they uh, they uh, they firebombed an area of Atlanta that we didn't see, because you know Rick well, didn't yeah. get all the way. It looked like he was downtowny, but I'm not sure if he got all the way downtown. Downtown. Well, and as Andrew says, there are at least three commercial districts with group skyscrapers, so it you know they could have just bombed one of those areas or two yep. of them, and not the whole place. So uh, it certainly makes sense that. It looked the way it did, so. Uh, Okay, finally, on the Jenner secret, which we will have a little bit more to talk about during our recap, I think, Uh, but Arthur writes in, from Arthur from Connecticut writes in, he says, I believe that Jenner told Rick that both Rick and Carl are immune to the virus. I think the writers made sure that everyone knew that both Rick and Carl have the same blood type in Season 2, Episode 2 for this reason. They did kind of make a big deal about that blood type, now that you think about it. Why? Well, they, they it was brought up a couple of times on the in that episode about, oh, and just how many times they showed him giving blood and talking about giving blood and then being weak. The blood thing was a big deal, it seemed like. So immune. 
Mm-hmm. So, but that uh, kind of flies in the face of uh, what we were talking about last week. You said it was almost a throwaway uh, comment where he said, "What's the results of the blood test?" And he said, "And Jenner said nothing we didn't know already." Oh, that's true. That's so, true. He wouldn't uh, like Rick wouldn't have known already that that he was guy immune. is wearing a big hat. He must be immune. <laughs> he must be. I would assume you got a hat on like that. Uh, and sure. now Carl's got the hat. Yeah, maybe it's a magic hat. It's like Frosty the Snowman hat, only it's uh, Frosty the non-zombie hat. Frosty the non-zombie. Uh, okay, why not? You're right. That that line from that in, from season one kind of contradicts this. Uh, but hey, it's still a good theory. That would be cool. That would be very interesting. We don't know the answer yet. So. so anytime you need to go close to a zombie, send in Rick because he can get chewed on. I mean, sure, you know he loses body parts due to chewing, but uh, he's not going to turn into a zombie no or at least he's not going to be killed by the bite necessarily well yeah he wouldn't get the fever and die unless he was just that badly injured but But, he would you know he'd get big chunks of flesh torn off but you know (laughs) that's normal yeah that happens normal chunks of flesh being torn off it happens claudia from london in the uk writes in and says i have a feeling that what jenner said to rick was that shane is after laurie if you remember in the comics Dale said that to Rick, and his reaction was to ignore it because he likes Shane. He is his best friend. But perhaps Jenner said what happened. Uh, Jenner said what happened between Shane and Laurie in the recreation room via a camera. Um, as Rick is a gentleman and a, and pacific, he is letting it go. I don't know what happened in the room that was caught on camera was pretty close to attempted rape, if not outright attempted rape. And if I found out that say you did that to my wife being a good friend and uh you attempted that with my wife i'd probably be very pissed off at you oh absolutely i agree um but it's a good theory maybe i don't know maybe rick is thinking well in these in this situation obviously i'm gonna have to bring this up at some point right but maybe now is not the time right you know we need shane to to help protect us and stuff like that i can't cast him off or shoot him in the face that's true that that's true you know i don't know um, but there were cameras all over that place, so Jenner or somebody s- theoretically could have certainly seen what was happening. Or maybe uh, Jenner told him that he slept with his wife. I slept with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to blow up now, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> could have said anything. Yeah, it, he, he could have. So we've got a number of theories on what the Jenner secret is, uh, one of which I think we're going to debunk in our recap of secrets, yep. I would say. Uh, Confirmed debunked. Confirmed, I would say so. Uh, We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, as I said, it's going to be our recap of Season 2, Episode 6. Just before we do that, I want to tell you that the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, do you have a review for the people this week? You know what I'm going to review? What is? I'm going to review Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. What is? What is? <laughs> it's yep. good. Uh, narrated by J.O. Sanders. And you know, have you read Catch-22? About 50% of it. 50% of Catch-22, you've, you've read Catch-11. That's right. So Catch-22 <laughs> is, uh, you know, basically it's come into our lexicon from this book. And it's basically uh, the story, you know, the, the literal uh, reason for this is Orr was crazy and 
could be grounded. He was a pilot, and he was crazy, and it very well could be grounded. All he had to do was ask, and as soon as he did, he would no longer be crazy. He wouldn't have to fly. So uh, Catch-22, a very good book. I read it a number of years ago and uh, very, very much enjoyed it. It was just kind of a silly, satirical uh, look on society and war, uh, and there's a character named Major, 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 Major. That's too many majors. It's four majors, and uh, well, only one of them was rank. <laughs> All right. So uh, it comes in at 20 hours and one minute. Awesome. To download your free audiobook today, head over to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Once again, that is audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for your free audiobook. Secrets. All right. It's time for our recap. Recap. App. <laughs> You're going to reek that hat. I am. It's our recap of Secrets. This is the penultimate episode before the holiday break, or as they're calling it on AMC, the mid-season hiatus. That's some good Latin. It sure is. Pen- penultimate. One of my favorite uh, Latin phrases. Penultimate. Anti-penultimate is the uh, third last. Also a good, good one. <laughs> That's good. I like it. All right. So Secrets opens with Laurie and Carl feeding some chickens. And uh, they're just chatting. It's nice to see Carl up again. It really is. Up on his feet. He looks like good as new to me. Yeah, wearing his hat. Wearing his hat, yeah, absolutely. Just looks like he was never shot. It's uh, it's nice to see him helping out there. Well, he was throwing the chicken feed with his left hand and not his right hand. He, oh. was, uh, he was kind of nursing his right hand, so uh, I think there's some residual stuff there. Well, I'm sure there is. It takes a long time to recover from a gunshot wound to the stomach i would assume so so but it's good to see him anyways out of bed it's 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 good uh he calls his mom a housewife which they kind of joke about (laughs) she says do you see my house anywhere um and patricia is there too gathering chickens i guess she's gonna go make a nice chicken dinner later that evening it is chicken dinner you know um she takes some chickens into another part of the barn not really the barn but the chicken coop barnular area there you go and she quite brutally breaks the chicken's legs. Yeah. I was I was a little squeamish at that. How do you... Um, it was the sound effects that bothered me. How do you know what a chicken sounds like when you break its leg? Like, how does a chicken scream, right? Again, we're back to screaming stuff. Well, uh, people do some pretty horrible things to chickens, I think. They may be delicious, but they, uh, they get... I don't know. Chickens are barely sentient, and I think people know that, and they treat them poorly. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering how the sound guys knew that uh, what the, where to go for the sound effect. So, like, you go to a sound effect uh, database and type in uh, injured chicken, and oh, it comes probably. up with a bunch of cluck, cluck, clucks. Or, you know what, they just take your chicken foley noises and mash them all together, and there you have it. That sounds chicken, distressed. Chicken with broken legs. So anyway, she breaks the legs, it's gross, and she stuffs them in a sack and heads for the barn. Good day. On her way there, the horse that Daryl took comes running back. Yeah. Uh, Nervous Nelly or whatever they called her. That's right. So she gets to the barn, climbs up, and she throws the chickens down to the zombies and they gobble them up. They sure do. So she's feeding chickens to the zombies, I guess, to keep them alive. So zombies go after animals. Uh, Not canned hams, but they do go after animals. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know. It is. I'm pretty sure in the comic we've seen zombies eating animals, have we not? Horse, right at the beginning. Oh, yeah, of course. pilot episode, they went after the horse. Of course. In the TV show, they ate the horse. They ate the horse, of course. (laughs) That's right. They died, of course. (laughs) Uh, So the zombies eat these chickens, and we go to credits. When we come back, we have Glenn 
looking through the binoculars at the barn. He knows what's in there, so he's obviously feeling a little uh, unsure about it, a little distressed. Maggie comes up, offers him fruit, and uh, she insists that he keep it to himself, that there are zombies in the barn. Yep. Uh, Glenn takes the fruit to Dale and T-Dog, and he's all weird and awkward (laughs) as his kind of his M.O. T-Dog says, sup, what? Nothing. What? Why? Why what? Nothing's going on. Here's here's some peaches. Enjoy. Probably good Georgia peaches. Georgia peaches. There you go. Andrea apologizes to Daryl. She comes into the tent, and he tells her that they're all good. They're good. You know, he if she said he says you were just you know trying to protect the group. Yep. But if you shoot me again, you best pray I'm dead. That's right. Fair enough. Wait. Hey. You know, once once is an accident. Twice. That's it. That's one. That's one. <laughs> one strike. Two strikes and you're out. Yeah. Shoot me once, shame on you. Shoot me twice, shame on me. That's right. <laughs> uh, she also brought him a book and it was titled The Case of the Missing Man. Interesting. Missing man with a missing hand. As in brother. I guess so. Yeah. Or it could have been called The Case of the Never-Ending Case of the Missing 10-Year-Old Girl. Oh, Daryl is such the Sawyer of this show, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's a book reader. Nickname giver? Nickname, is he? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, nickname giver. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's Sawyer. So we cut over to uh, Glenn, and he's telling Lori that he has she has to tell Rick about the pregnancy, but he also offers to go back and get whatever she needs, vitamins or a nice pillow, for example. That's right. That's nice of him. He, he being the only one he, who knows, I guess he feels a little bit, respon- not responsible, but, you know, he wants to step up and help her out because no one else will. Right. Um, and she kind of says, tells him to mind his own business for now, right? Right. <laughs> Get lost. Shane and Rick are planning to continue the never-ending search for Sophia. They decide to go look at a housing development that Jimmy uh, mentions. They figure mm. maybe she's found her way to a housing development. Uh, at that point, Beth and Patricia come over and ask if they can join the gun training, and they say that Herschel consented. And this time Rick says, well, I'll go ask him myself. Yeah. We don't see that take place. We but assume it happens. It happens. Because they yeah. go to practice. That's right. And if Rick says, goes through all that and says, if you don't mind, I'm going to confirm that, and then doesn't. Well, he's he, just digging himself a bigger hole. That's right. Right? Herschel is already feeling a little bit, uh, you know, unsure about these people. So Carl, at this point, comes up wearing the hat, and he takes Shane aside, and he asks to teach him how to shoot. Mm-hmm. This was a cool scene. Uh, Shane says it's up to your parents, but then realizes that Carl already has a gun in his pants. He's packing heat. <laughs> He's packing heat. Who knows where he found that gun? Well, that it was explained in the next scene that Dale let him into the uh, let him into the oh, camper, yeah. and uh, there was a bunch of weapons in there, and he just took one. Dale is keeping the weapons, absolutely. Yep. So Rick, Shane, Lori, and Dale are standing around in that scene talking about the shooting lessons, and Lori is clearly uncomfortable with it but she ultimately agrees Mm -hmm. everyone else seems to be like you know he's gonna have to learn to shoot at some point and apparently shane is the best gun instructor that rick has ever seen well if people are going to start picking up weapons right if shane's going to pick up a weapon uh, just out of passing out of uh, some need to help protect himself and his family in the camp uh the best thing you can do in that situation is give him some training so that he's at least a little bit safer with the thing rather than picking up picking it up and having no idea how to operate it in any way and having it accidentally go off 
Yeah, if Carl's going to pick up weapons, you said Shane. Oh, Shane. Yeah, Shane's dangerous too when he picks up weapons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But at least he knows what he's doing. Yeah, Carl, for example, or anyone, anyone, uh, if you're going to have weapons around and if you're going to be tempted to handle them, teach him how to use them. At least be safe with them. Yeah, at least, even if he can't shoot at anything, at least know how to handle it without blowing his own head off. That's right. It does make sense. Although I felt a little bit like everyone here was, it was a little too easy for Carl, sort of. Like, it felt like everyone, like his mom didn't want him to do it, but everyone else was like, yeah, you know, it's fine. He can he can handle it. Well, I mean, they're pretty sure that the world is different than it used to be. Well, true. And apparently he's... Shane's taught people younger than Carl already. Yeah, Carl's what, 10? I guess so. You know, and boy, how early do they start gun training? In yeah, I wouldn't want to speculate. Parts of the United States. I mean, that's that's young. It feels young to me anyways. Yep. You know? It does feel young. So the folks are then heading out, and Shane has a fancy new Hyundai. I guess he traded in the Jeep for a Hyundai. I guess so. Or a Hyundai. Um, it's a nice-looking car, and we see it a lot in this episode. So I think, does this qualify as Gerber-level product placement? Oh, it's higher than Gerber-level. You think so? I think so. That car was all over this Because there was a Hyundai commercial in the show, wasn't there? Oh, there was. I saw Hyundai, at least one Hyundai commercial, for yeah. sure. We should go to their website, see if they have a... Hyundai.com slash apocalypse. Survive the apocalypse in a Hyundai. Yeah, outrun anything. (laughs) Um, Glenn doesn't want to leave, and he makes up that he has to work with Dale fixing the spark plugs. Oh, spark plugs. Yeah, that's right. Um, And after everyone heads out, he tells Dale that there are walkers in the barn and Lori's pregnant. He just he just spits it what right out. What if somebody out. tells you something that uh, you think somebody else should know? It's like, quit with the drama, just tell me. Uh, there's walkers in the barn and uh, Lori's pregnant. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, he just doesn't hold back. So now Dale knows. Dale is our keeper of information, it seems like. There ain't no flies on Dale. No. He knows what's going on. He certainly does. He stands up on top of the RV. He sees everything. He does. He sees and hears everything. He yeah. is the eyes and the ears of that institution. That's right. Uh, so we go to gun training. Um, Scott, Jimmy, is it Jimmy? Jimmy is kind of being an ass, shooting the yeah. gun sideways. Yep. And T-Dog tells him to quit quit it with the gangster shit, which I liked. Well, absolutely. I like that line. You don't shoot a gun sideways. That makes no, no sense at all, get, right? No, you'll get a gun in the face if you do that. Because you you have more muscles right. to do this if you do like you have if you're if it's pointed up you have your whole arm to be able to handle the recoil whereas if you turn it sideways uh, you don't you have fewer muscles that you can use to hold that thing in place you're gonna get that thing right in the nose right and if your arm does buckle back you're right it's gonna hit you right in the face yeah <laughs> so you know good we don't want Jimmy being a douchebag that way yeah uh, Andrea's there she is shooting quite well. And so Shane gives her a bigger gun. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know I haven't hit my target? That was a nice little grouping that she had going on there. Oh, she bullseyed that O and no trespassing. Yep. It was pretty good. Uh, but he gives her the bigger gun, and um, she nails that can right off the fence. Uh, as everyone kind of walks away, Andrea turns to Shane and says, you decided not to leave us. Something changed your mind? Cut two shot of Carl. Right. That's exactly what well, I happened. think it's because he found a Hyundai. Well, I guess, but wouldn't the Hyundai just make it easier to leave? It would, but uh, now he gets to drive people around, and he has more things to do, and it's just, you know, I get to load stuff in and out of the car, whereas if he just took off, he'd just be driving. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? Yeah, that's loading stuff in and out of the car, that's worth staying for. <laughs> well, guess, you, don't, you don't think so? I got some firewood here. I'm going to go put it in the <laughs> trunk, and then maybe later I'll take it out, okay? I'm going to go to the well and drag some water back over here. Do you mind? Oh, see? They could use the Hyundai and the, the big 
trunk in that thing. Just to fill that thing with water. I'm sure it's waterproof. Drive out to the highway, pick up the jugs from that truck. You should do that so Shane can have another shower. I want to see somebody doing that. It makes no sense that they wouldn't go get that water, doesn't it? Like, it's right yeah. there. Well, yeah. I mean, now it's not right there, but it was right there. It was right there for a long time. Or at, or at least see some of those jugs around the farm as if they went and got it and they've been using them. They could be a good place to, to hold pine cones and stuff if they're if you know if they're empty of water. <laughs> Why? I was going to say change, but nobody uses money anymore. So now they so pine cones. My, my kids have collected pine cones at one time or another, so why, why not? not? There you go. <laughs> All right. Dale goes to talk to Herschel about the zombies in the barn and we get this conversation. With all due respect, you are cut off from the outside world here. I've seen people that I cared about die and come back, and they're not people. My wife and stepson are in that barn. They're people. So Herschel compares them, as we know, he's sort of looking at the zombies as just sick people, not, you know, monsters that are out to kill you and eat you. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and he makes a good point. My wife and stepson are in there. They're people. They're not, you know, just monsters. They were people. Yeah, but there's a fine line, right? Especially when you know those people so close like that. That's true. But it's a different world out there now. He's just not recognizing the fact that the world is overrun by zombies, not by people. It's true. It's true. I, I think Herschel has a, a small point to make in that, you know, you're right, they're zombies, but I did know them. Like, they were living in this house before they got turned into zombies. That's true. Kind of thing. You know, they were very close to him for his whole life, probably. But we go to commercial, and we come back, and Lori goes to thank Herschel for treating Carl and finds out that Herschel wants them all to leave. Mm-hmm. She is not too happy about that. Uh, but we go to Shane um, giving Lori, uh, no, giving Andrea the advanced class, uh, shooting a moving target. No, no, giving Lori the advanced, Lori the advanced class was last season. <laughs> and they snuck off into the woods there. Right. That's the advanced class. Well, he's giving Andrea the advanced shooting class, moving target. Uh, he gets all intense and starts yelling at her. And uh, he yells, that's the walker that got Amy. Now shoot him. And she gets upset and walks off. Sure does. So I'm the best instructor that Rick's ever seen, eh? Well, you know, I maybe that that works for him. You know, get people fired up. Wonder if he does that with the, the really young kids, younger than Carl. <laughs> yeah, the eight year old screaming, <laughs> screaming at them, saying, "That's the kid you hate in the playground. Shoot him!" You know how to train a kid to shoot? Yell at him and make him cry. <laughs> yeah, he'll shoot something. Then, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but Andrea gets pissed and walks off. We come back to Lori, who's confronting Rick about her conversation with her- Herschel, and uh, she's upset that he didn't tell her earlier. We have to fix this. People are settling in here. They'll be devastated. I know. I'm working on it. Well, maybe I can talk to him, too, and plead our case. No, things are uneasy. The best thing right now is to give Herschel some space. Don't look at me like that. Like what? Like you're scared. Like, you don't trust me. I can take it from everyone else, but not from you. I don't understand how you could keep something like this from me. I like it. It shows a little bit of tension between uh, Rick and Laurie right Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. You know? He's uh, he's like, look, I can handle things, but you got to support me. Right. Pretty much. Um, so, we cut back to Andrea. She's walking down the highway. Shane picks her up in his fancy new Hyundai. 
And sure does. Uh, yeah, he he just explains to her that he's trying to get her rattled and get her angry and focused, and she'll be a better shooter because of that. I think that was the wrong way to go. You think so? Yeah. I How mean, would you... yelling at somebody and uh, berating them and you know pulling their focus is sure it's good for you know you tear somebody down, but you got to build them up too, right? You can't just you know tear them down tell them they're worthless and tell them they can't shoot and if you're you know if a walker's coming at you you're going to die because you're useless and weak and uh you know is that a twisted sister pin on your uniform isn't this the isn't this the entire mentality about basic training in the army though it is but uh it's i'm not saying you no know, that... i was thinking about that and i was trying to think of uh the uh the difference the idea of tearing somebody down in the uh, in the military and basic training is to remove individualism mm-hmm. right in order to make them perform as a unit and you're training them and when you do good you know you're at least told that you're you know adequate right you don't just tear them down and and say that uh, uh you know you're a piece of crap and you're not going to be able to do this because uh, you're 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 worthless and weak right kind of thing you are rewarded at some point even in the army Yes, and it's also, uh, you can't do that to an individual. You do it to a group of people, right? You, when you tear somebody, one person down, and it's on, in order to uh, unify the group. Yeah, okay. Right? It's, it's done in order, to, uh, you always do it in full public view. You don't do it privately. You don't do it to an individual. You talk to an individual. You, uh, you don't you know, beat them up emotionally and verbally in order to get them to perform better. It's like a sports team. The, the coach is not their friend. He's their coach. The players need to be friends, <clears throat> right. or at least be a team. Right. And by, you know, being mean and, you know, not being their friend, you basically give that group of people somebody to rally against, mm-hmm. right? Whereas there was, I couldn't, could not see the purpose of this. I could not see the training value in what he was doing to Andrew. Well, ultimately, he apologizes when she gets back in the car, and he tells her that they have a lead on Sophia, invites her along to be my backup, he says. Mm-hmm. Interesting line, I thought. He's obviously giving her some credit, being able to shoot something. Right. So You can shoot things that are standing still, so come with me. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go look for Sophia. Yeah, hopefully right. she's standing still. Or hopefully all the zombies we encounter are standing still. That's right. So we go to Dale cooking some meat. Lori gets uh, nauseous from the smell. She holds her hair to her nose. Do you know people with long hair? Do they do that? Uh, she grabbed her hair and held it up to her nose. Does yeah. that prevent smelling? You know, I, I I haven't had long enough hair in a long time to try that, so I don't know. Maybe it does. Mine was always in a ponytail when it was long. I never really had yeah. the opportunity to do that. <laughs> Me too. Back in the old high school days. Those are good times. Um, maybe it does. Maybe her hair hasn't been washed in so long that it stinks and it'll mask any smell. Like plumbers who have to go and and uh, unclog a severely clogged toilet, they put mint right under their nose, and that's all they can smell. Ah, uh, minty poo. No, just the mint. It's such a strong, overpowering smell that it cancels out anything else. Well, I'm going to get some mint next time I have to <laughs> unclog a really smelly poo smell. Does that happen in your house very often? Uh, not that, uh, not in quite some time. <laughs> okay, good. But anyways, Lori isn't feeling so good. She goes over and kind of gags a little bit and... Dale tells her. Dale comes over and tells her a story about his wife being pregnant once. Um, she quickly realizes. Well, he obviously knows. Well, it could be. You know, Dale had some pretty good stories here. When he was talking to Herschel, he said, "I went for a walk. I walked by the barn. Uh, you know, I heard the moans and stuff." That's a plausible story. Mm-hmm. When he notices that Lori uh, is nauseated by the smell of cooking food, 
uh, he comes up with a plausible story. He does. Right? And nobody believes him. Not for a second. I mean, she knew that Glenn uh, told him about her pregnancy, and Maggie knew, uh, was giving Glenn shit for uh, telling her... uh, Telling that there were zombies in the uh, in the barn, mm-hmm. so obviously Herschel didn't believe uh, Dale at all. So nobody believes Dale. Well, I think Lori believed him for a second. I think she bought it for a second that he didn't know, but I, she changed her. She changed pretty quickly because she does acknowledge the fact, and then uh, Dale asks if it's Shane's, and because he knows or he assumes they were doing it back in season one. Yeah, and Lori worries that. They were so obvious, and Dale says, "No, nobody knew." And he, in fact, he says, "I wasn't even sure." Right. But Lori does reassure him, sort of with no doubt in her mind that it's Rick's. Yeah. Interesting line. I that thought. was interesting. She's like, "Nope, this is Rick's baby." Um, <clears throat> she also says that she runs on memories now, and that's what gives her joy. She can't see how a child would be able to grow up in a world like this with no hope for happiness, because a child grow- born now wouldn't have any fond memories looking back. Right. My only problem with this scene is human beings only know what they know. And a a kid that's raised in in a world with zombies only knows a world with zombies. That's how they would grow up. It wouldn't be an easy life. But if this kid had the right people, living people around him or her, there would still be a chance for a normal life in a zombie apocalypse. Well, that would be, you know, what is normal, right? Normal is... uh, the average of what happens around you. So this would be a normal life for her unborn child as they grow up. It wouldn't be a normal life for her. No. Because, you know, she grew up in what she considers normal. This is abnormal. But for a child, that'd be perfectly normal. So one thing about this scene that I had to go back and double check, they used the word joy two or three times. Yeah. uh, uh, Lori did. And it's what gives her joy. And in my mind... I was thinking that the um, in the comic book that was the baby's name, Joy, and it was a bit of a thing they were doing. Uh-huh. But I went and double checked, and the baby's name in the comic was Judith, Judy, oh. not Joy. Anyhow, we go to commercial, and we come back to Glenn chopping wood. Lori comes over and tells him that she does need help, and that he can get her stuff she needs from town. Right. So he's going to go back and get her what uh, what she wants. Glenn and Maggie get on their horses and head in, but she's not really talking to him. She's kind of pissed. She's mad. She is very mad. Uh, She asks him to stop calling them walkers, and he wants to know what she calls them, and she says, Mom, Sean, Mr. and Mrs. Fisher, Lacey, and Duncan. She calls them, she's with her dad. She thinks these are still people that have names. These aren't horrific monsters that want to eat you. But then they they, they talked about the zombie in the well. Right. Uh, and did she, they? And yeah, because he said, uh, you know, what about the? You saw what happened at the zombie in the well. And she's like, I don't know what happened, mm-hmm. uh, but I think if she recognized that zombie in the well, like his picture was on the fridge, yeah, she would have said, you know, that was uh, that was Billy. Yeah, that's true. She would have she would have told him who that was. Yeah. So I guess she didn't know that zombie in the well, but she she knows most, if not all, of them in the barn. Yep. I think that's what we've got going on here. So they go into the pharmacy, they start looking for the stuff, and, oh my god, Maggie gets attacked. There's, yep. a, there's a lurker there. Very, very quiet lurker until he, he reaches out and grabs her. He was just standing behind that shelf, just waiting for someone to walk by. For uh, how many visits was he there? Like, he, they went into that pharmacy uh, at least once that we saw, but a few more times, I assume. 
He could have wandered in since the last visit, though. But they closed the doors. Like, the door, every time they go in, the door is closed. Yeah. And I think they do that on purpose. So that lurker has been lurking around inside that uh, that place for an awful long time. It seems implausible, though, that she wouldn't have seen him before. Don't you think? Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. That's right. exactly what I'm saying, is that the fact that he was in there this time is unrealistic, in my mind. Maybe there's a back door that they don't know about. I don't know. I would have cleared the place. The first time I went oh, in yeah. there, I would have made sure it was clear, and then I would have closed the door each and every time, and if the door was open, then I know that uh, I would need to clear the place again. Oh, that's true. That's good, po- good point. I'd probably clear the place every time, no matter what. Make sure that it's safe. I'd walk in with uh, you know some kind of weapon so that I could make sure that there was no zombies in there. I wouldn't just walk in and go, okay, now I need to fill my basket full of uh, you know cheese strings and stuff. <laughs> Rule number one. Make sure the area is clear of zombies. That's right. I agree. Uh, So it's attacking her. It's got her by the arm, and Glenn bashes it with a shelf and sort of half cuts its head off. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. And once it goes down, he pulls out his Gerber brand machete and chops it in the head until it's dead. That's when he remembers he has a weapon on him instead of having to look around for a makeshift one. Oh, my God. What am I going to use? What am I going to use? Oh, the shelf. I'll use the shelf. What about this... (laughs) freaking machete you have on you i don't know it's true why would he hit it with the shelf if he had a machete hanging from his belt maybe he was worried about being too close to maggie and if they moved and he got her in the head by accident wouldn't you want to use something that was particularly balanced in order to be accurate rather than a shelf which is not really meant to be a, a surgical weapon i could hit you with a shelf by accident and you'd probably be fine Right? You'd be bruised and black eye, broken nose. Or you'd cut my neck half, you know, completely in half. No. The only reason he could do that is because of decomposition in the neck. I don't think I could take like an Ikea shelf, hit you in the neck, and carve half your head off. I'd have to hit you pretty hard. That's true. (laughs) So I think, yeah, he either forgot that he had the machete or was, you know, worried that he would use the machete and accidentally chop her arm off or something. It was a razor sharp shelf, I think. It could have been a razor sharp shelf. It's a. It was maybe it was one of those metal shelves with a. Yeah, well, it was a metal end. shelf. Wasn't wood? No. Nope. Okay. Well, it was a metal shelf. I don't know. A shelf attack is a little bit more dramatic, maybe. Yeah. From <laughs> I, a, a magically appearing zombie. I think it was cool. Maggie though is obviously traumatized. She's like, "Oh my god, what just happened?" Well, that was the first time she got, you know, attacked by a zombie. That we've seen, yeah. No, I think it was the first time because she said, uh, well, you know how she freaked out when she saw the, the, the teabag zombie mm-hmm. in the well? Yep. Uh, I think that uh, this is the first time that she's ever been, you know, physically attacked herself by a zombie. So no kidding. It's traumatic. It's upsetting for sure. Maggie and Glenn come back and she's still kind of freaking out. She throws all the stuff at Lori right on the ground, including what she calls her abortion pills. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they storm off and Maggie tells Glenn... That he's actually a leader, but nobody knows it. They always send, you know, zombie in the well, send Glenn down. Uh, you need something from the store? Send Glenn. Send Glenn, that's right. Nobody. She sort of tells him that these people don't respect you. Yeah, no kidding. For, for what you are. And then she says, I can't take you becoming one of them. So, I think she's got a bad for Glenn. Uh, she does have a bad, bad for Glenn, but she also says uh, the word walker. Yeah, before she was talking about mom, dad, well, not mom, but mom, Sean, Mr. and Mrs. Fisher, and so on. And now when she's yelling at Glenn, she says Walker. She does. It was a quick turnaround right there. I think uh, I think she's uh, realizing that these zombies are not people and are dangerous things. 
and are not going to be cured. Well, when you get attacked like that, I mean, if you if you still think that they're uh, they're just you know not out to hurt you, you're a little bit confused, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back to Shane and Andrea. They're searching a house, and suddenly zombies are everywhere. Uh, but they don't find Sophia, which is which that, is a bummer. That's true. They do find some really disgusting, burned out, maggot covered people. Yep. Uh, do you think these people? What do you think happened there? Do you think these people like burned themselves? Like, did they? No. They were because there was a part. They said there was a wall that was blocked up, so they were right. trying to barricade themselves in the house. I think. Yes. Maybe they trapped themselves and somehow got lit on fire. No, I think it's the other way around. I think that, because uh, this is the garage, right? The garage door was open. Oh, it was part open, right. So I think the zombies were getting in there. They went back into the house and barricaded themselves in the house. And then somehow, uh, maybe they set the uh, the room on fire, then barricaded themselves in. And then the zombies got through the hole. I think that they came in through the door that was shut. Okay. And they didn't, uh, you know, the people that were living there or were in the house weren't worried about that door. And they were, this was a fallback position. I think it started in the garage and they moved back from there. Oh, okay. Maybe. In any case, they didn't survive. <laughs> uh, nope. Nope. Or they left. You know, maybe they burned all the zombies in uh, the garage. I guess and, so. You know, as they were getting through the, the, the hole in the wall, they just went, uh, yeah, let's take that back door. <laughs> let's that get I, out of I've here. I've heard about. <laughs> let's get out of here. But Shane and Andrea run back out the front and he tells her to cover the street while he clears the zombies from around the car. His precious car. His precious car. <laughs> don't hit the car. You worry about them. Yeah, don't shoot at the car. <laughs> I'll take care of that. I'm going to protect the car. You protect us. It's so much more, better than my Jeep. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want anyone, any gunshot holes in it. It's green for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, so it's an interesting scene that happens next. He headshot, 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 takes the zombies down. Andrea starts firing, gets some body shots. Yep. So she's hitting them. That's it's a good start. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Shane has a moment where he's cleared the zombies from the car, and he can he can help Andrea shoot a zombie that's coming at her, but he hesitates and lets her do it herself. Well, she got a, her weapon jammed. Oh, right? that's right. Her weapon jammed. He jammed. He, he he yelled at her to clear it. Right. You know, just relax, clear the jam, because part of the training on uh, weapon usage is uh, how how to deal with the jam. And there's mm-hmm. a different. There's a few different types of jams, and uh, there's different strawberry, yeah, raspberry, raspberry jam. There's, okay. You know, then there's all then there's jelly. Oh, don't even get me started on gun jelly. <laughs> but uh, so when there's a jam, you clear the jam. Right? And uh-huh. so that's what she was doing. And that's part of the training is how to clear the jam. Because it's going to happen sooner or later, uh, usually from a dirty weapon, mm-hmm. if you don't clean your gun regularly. Um, so he was just telling her, relax, clear the jam, get another round in, get back to, you know, business. She managed to do it. Yep. She shoots a zombie at relatively close range right through the head. Yeah. See, this was the... Uh, I actually credit Shane for this part of the training. It was her birth canal moment, wasn't it? it well, yes, sort of. I mean, she didn't actually go through a birth canal. No. But uh, it was her moment, but he let her, you know, take that shot. Mm-hmm. He didn't protect her. He didn't save her. He knew that, you know, I've got your back. Just do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so she you know, came to terms with, yes, I've got to shoot these things, and i got to be calm about it. And uh, then she just turns into a machine. Well, after she takes out that first one, after clearing the gun, she, I don't know, goes all goes all zen, uses the force, and is able to just stand there and shoot away yep. and start taking them out. It was a little bit unrealistic, but I thought it was totally awesome. 
I thought it was a good moment. I like realistic how. Well, no one's going to suddenly just go from, you know, hitting almost nothing to being a sharpshooter. Well, I mean, like she, it was a good, she was a good shot, but this is her epiphany, right? I suppose. It's the realization that, yes, I can do this. Yes, uh, oh, this is how you do it. It's just that whole uh, epiphany moment that everything just comes together. And it's like, okay, I just need to relax and shoot these damn things in the head. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm not going to panic. I can do it sort of thing. You're, you're right. It, I don't know. It happened pretty quick for me, but it, uh, she shot that can off and she bullseyed the, that O in the no trespassing sign. Yeah. So it's clear that she can't do it. She just needs to stop and think about it. Yeah. When she's calm, mm-hmm. she's a very good shot. So yeah. all she had to do is realize when I'm calm, I'm a good shot. So calm down. It was fun to see her, you know, kill that first one and have that realization that she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I saw it. We go to commercial, and when we come back, we have Glenn talking with Lori, and she's regretting sending him. Uh, he he gives her prenatal vitamins, though, just in case she doesn't want to use the morning-after pills. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he tells her, Glenn tells her, that she shouldn't make this choice alone. And he can't, you know, he can't tell her what to do, but she shouldn't make the choice alone. Yeah. She needs to let her husband in on what's going on. Or Dale. Yeah, or Dale. Talk he, to Dale. He'll he help you through it. He knows anyways, right? Yeah. Um, so we go to Andrea and Shane driving back in the car. She's feeling all good about herself, so she reaches over and grabs him in the crotch. Yep. <laughs> kind of forward, but that's okay. Whatever. She's a machine. <laughs> There's not a lot of living people around. you got to take what you can get. That's right. She is a shooting machine, and uh, Shane... Looks at her, pulls over the car. And gives her the advanced class. <laughs> and then honks the horn. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the horn honk? Yeah, the horn honked. There's a lot of room in that front seat. <laughs> oh, it's a big Hyundai, man. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of room in general in that. You can fit a lot of groceries in the back. Whatever. That's a nice car. <laughs> I might think about picking one of those up. There you go. So they do it, which is exciting. Um, we go back to Lori, and she is fretting over what to do, trying to make her decision. She hasn't told anyone. She's still sitting there in that tent, and she decides to swallow a whole bunch of the pills, but then immediately changes her mind and runs out of the tent to vomit them up. Right. Um, there was some chatter online about these pills and the fact that they were morning-after pills right. and wouldn't actually have any effect once you were already pregnant. Well, that's why she took a handful. It, apparently, it doesn't matter. Oh. Um uh, we got an email from somebody real quick, very briefly, emergency contraceptive pills cannot cause the termination of an implanted embryo. Uh, there are medications that will cause spontaneous abortions. However, emergency contraceptive pills are merely high dose birth control. I realized that it was needed for the plot for this week's episode, but it may be irresponsible to perpetuate false information. That's from Dan. Right. Um, so he kind of has a point there. I I didn't really know uh, the difference myself, but if that's the case, and I have no reason not to believe Dan, um, yeah, it's sort of sort of weird that they would they would go with um, morning after pills, clearly labeled morning after pills. Oh, were they? Yeah, because when uh, Maggie threw them down, she said abortion pills. Right? That's what Which she said. Diff- different than uh, emergency contraceptive. No. The packages clearly said morning after pill on them. Right. And this is what I mean. Like, they called them abortion pills. They were labeled morning after. And apparently there's a big, big difference there. 
Right. So am I, am I, you know, if they call this the morning after pill, am I right to assume that uh, when you have sex, uh, the sperm wait for a while, at least until, you know, mid-afternoon the next day before they go after the egg? <laughs> well, it... Because uh, if it's contraception, right, and it's the morning after pill, I assume that the sperm all know that they should hang on there just in case. I suppose. <laughs> Why not? They just swim around for a while, bumping into each other, wondering what to do. And All right, guys, what do we do here? Oh, okay, we got to go for the egg, but don't, geez, what time is it? It's only 5 o'clock in the morning. we got to wait. Let's have lunch first. Yeah, we got to wait for after lunch here, guys. <laughs> okay. Whoa, 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 slow down there, Sparky. Way, way to make fun of a serious situation. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's <laughs> all right. Uh, so she goes and throws them up. We go to Andrea and Shane coming back, and they tell Carol that they didn't find Sophia. Um, Dale can obviously tell that something weird is going on because he's got the sense for that. He always knows what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on. He confronts Shane uh, about leaving, for one, about Otis's death, and uh, the time, and this is the most exciting thing, the time that Shane raised his gun on Rick back in season one. You think I'd shoot Rick? That is my best friend. That's a man that I love. I love him like he's my brother. You think that's the kind of man I am? That's right. Well, maybe we ought to just think that through. Say, I'm the kind of man who gunned down his own best friend. What'd you think I'd do to some guy that I don't even like when he starts throwing accusations my way? What'd you think? Shane clearly is a bit of a you know, losing it a little bit more. Yeah, he's unhinged. You know, he's totally unhinged. So he doesn't even like Dale. How can you not like Dale? I well, guess, he's obviously unhinged <clears throat> if you don't like Dale. I guess Andrea didn't really like him for a while he's either. He's got a hat. <laughs> he's got a hat. We know if you have a hat, you're you're all right. Oh, all right. You're everybody, all right. Everybody needs a hat. Uh, anyways, Rick comes into his tent and finds the morning after pills. Dun, dun, dun. He goes out, finds Lori in the field, and they have a little chat. Morning after chat. <laughs> the morning after chat. Um, so, uh, she, you know, she admits that she's pregnant. Rick clearly does not already know about the pregnancy. So, I think this confirms that that is not what Jenner whispered to him. Uh, I agree. If if, Jen, if Rick had known, he would have been like, yeah, Jenner yeah, told me. Yeah, I knew that. <clears throat> and then they would have had a, a different argument. Yes. Why didn't you tell me? He's Why not going to perpetuate the, the myth at this point. He's going to be like, yeah, I knew that. I knew that, you know, she'd be mad because he didn't say anything. He's equally mad because she's taken these pills without telling him. And it'd be so a on. more typical married couple argument. You're, yeah, you're right. You didn't <laughs> tell me. You didn't tell me either. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where nobody's right and everybody's wrong. That's right. <laughs> so, But at first he is kind of pissed off, but then he tries to convince her that they have to try to make it work. So he changes his tune pretty quickly in the midst of that conversation right there. Yep. Um, Rick asks if there's anything else he needs to know, and she tells him that she had sex with Shane. Rick says he already knows. That I knew. Yeah, that that <laughs> I knew. <laughs> and he asks her if it's because she thought he was dead, and she says yes, and the episode is over. Yep. That makes sense. So holy crap, a lot of stuff was, I mean, lots of secrets came out here. Yeah. Pregnancy is out in the air. We know that Jenner didn't tell him about the pregnancy. Yep. Uh, Rick finds out that her and Shane were doing it. Yep. Um, anything else? Those are the main things, I think. Yeah. Did uh, Odell knows that there's uh, walkers in the barn. Oh, Nobody yeah. Nobody else does yet. They're going to find that out pretty soon. Well, yeah. 
when we get to next week on The Walking Dead, we're gonna we're gonna find that out. It looks like. Um, but this this was a fantastic episode. It was really good. I really, really like this one. This um, it, it might have been my favorite of season two so far. Even you though I like say the, that every week. I like the pilot pretty much. No, last week I last week wasn't my favorite. You said that last week though. This was probably your favorite. No, there's no way the I one said before? that. Maybe the one before. This one definitely my favorite of season two though. I don't know. Really like this one. I have a doubt. Okay, fine. I uh, tweeted over to the guys at the Walking Dead TV podcast. I gave this one a five busters. Five busters. And that's how they rate episodes, and uh, five out of five. So really, really good episode. Liked it a lot. It felt like stuff happened. Stuff you know? did happen. That's the most important thing. The last episode, stuff happened, but it was sort of more, let's, you know, just minor stuff right. right this was all major big time stuff i was very excited about it it was a very good episode i liked it a lot did you enjoy it i very much enjoyed it i thought it was great <laughs> okay good um call in let us know what you thought of the episode there's all kinds of stuff probably to talk about here and speculation to be had on where we're going from this point so uh it was really really good i'm happy there's only one more before the break and i wonder if they can top it Oh, they'll top it. You think so? Oh, it'll be topped. All right. We, we got f- zombies in a barn that we're going to deal with. That's true. And some sort of cliffhanger. That's right. <laughs> Presumably. Cliffhangers oh, are was, always good. Yes. All right. So, great episode. I am super happy that it was a really good one. And uh, you're right. I think we're just going to go into hiatus on a high note here. Mm-hmm. Which is better than kind of, you know, sucking. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> into the come to the end of the end of the the, the mid season finale, and you're like, yeah, oh, I may watch the next one when it comes on. But yeah, that would not be so cool. No. All right, let is let us now get into this. Holy crap! Did you see that? All right, it's time for holy crap! Did you see that? We have a comment from our website from Lisa who uh, I read part of her comment earlier, but she also wrote in and said, I had a lot of holy crap, did you see that moments on this episode? But because you already spoke about some of them, I would go with the scene of Daryl and Carol. When she leaned in to kiss him on the forehead, he kind of flinched and tried to shield himself as if she was going to hit him. No, no! Yeah, I found that both hilarious and kind of cute, even though it says a lot about his past, and not in a good way. He doesn't like to be touched. No, some people just don't, you know? So uh, it's a good moment, I think. More comfortable being touched by squirrels. Dead squirrels. <laughs> yeah, he's okay with the dead squirrels. Touching them, eating them, wearing them. Yep. Throwing them at people. <laughs> throwing them at people, that's right. If a person comes near him, yeah, get away from me, get away, get away. Yeah. Um, all right. Unfortunately, Dave didn't call in this week with a holy crap, did you see that moment? So we'll uh, have to talk to him about that. Yeah. But Jason, do you have one from this episode? I do have a holy crap. Uh, It is something we mentioned already in the recap, but I just wanted to point it out that uh, we saw our first non-headshot. When Andrea was shooting at the zombies, we had some actual body shots. uh, Now, I know Shane is very good with firearms now, and I believe that he can hit a headshot every single time. When he pulled that, uh, uh, that log was swinging, and he unholstered his weapon and shot immediately that was a very fast draw very accurate shot i believe shan can hit ahead any every time there was no hesitation when he did that with no. the log that was a really good shot i really like that shot but this uh, holy holy crap did you see that moment was that we saw some actual 
body shots. And we they did nothing. We finally had body shots. Yeah. That's right. It's really exciting. Uh, we probably won't see any more because now Andrea is a master marksman as well. That's right. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe Carl will get some body shots or something. Maybe. You know? He has to aim up. Is that better? I think you have a bit bigger target if you aim up. I'm not sure why. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe People, hit... people look fatter when you shoot, uh, take pictures of them from the ground up. <laughs> yeah, so, you can see my double chin more. That's well, for yeah, sure. I just I think that makes you a bigger target. That, I don't know. Same principles so. apply in my brain. <laughs> I guess so. Why not? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I kind of had two holy crap, did you see that moments? And uh, one, uh, yeah, you brought up in the uh, recap too, and it was how Maggie very quickly went from thinking these were people to calling them walkers a couple right. scenes later. So I'm going to go with the second one here, and it's a bit of a cheat, I admit. A cheat? Yeah, because it uh, it involves the scene where Andrea was firing at the, at the zombies. Um, but I watched a behind-the-scenes yeah. of that scene, and they showed how they did, um, I guess, how how, she, how they did the shot where after she clears the, the jam in her gun and she raises it and gets her headshot there with the zombie that's right close in front of her. Yeah. Well, what they do is they have a gun that is mounted on a stick that sticks straight out from the gun. Yeah. And on the other end of the stick is a camera pointing straight back at the gun. Ooh. So she's you know, moving her arms around like this with a gun with a camera on a stick. Neat. And uh, I thought it was really cool. So my holy crap, did you see that moment is kind of that shot of her shooting the zombie through the head, but also how they shot it. Cool. How they did it. It was like a 5D Mark II or something, a, a DSLR on the end of that uh, stick That'd shooting heavy, back at wouldn't it. it? Well, a lot lighter than a film camera. <laughs> well, still, anything on the end of a stick that you got to hold out at arm's length and, yeah. you know, only have your wrists to... Uh, to hold it up there. Yeah, it, it was probably a little bit heavy, but it, not too bad. That's you could do it. That's why the gun was slightly pointed up. What do you mean? You know, when she was moving it around, I noticed that for some reason the, the gun that she was shooting had a slight upward angle to it, and I thought that was a little odd. But uh, I think it's because there was a camera on a stick at the end of it, and in order to hold it up, she had to, you know, it couldn't be pointed straight out. It, was, it would dip down too much. Yeah, but when you were seeing her not head like when you when you weren't seeing gun um the gun view or the reverse gun view right <laughs> she 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 doesn't have the stick on it but so maybe she's just used to that and compensating a little oh. bit i don't know okay so it is it remains weird yeah it remains a little bit weird i, I don't know to. but it was it was neat i've never thought about you know reverse gun cam that's what i'm calling it yeah sure why not trademark uh <laughs> so it was kind of cool all right what we're going to do now is end the podcast before we get into next week on The Walking Dead, because this is sort of the spoilery section uh, where we talk about what happens next week, I think what we'll do is wrap things up. And then if you are interested in sticking around for next week on The Walking Dead, hearing the audio from the promo clip and so on, you are more than welcome to do that. That's a good uh, idea. Yeah. So if you want to contact us, by all means, send a phone call to one 483 zomb That's 9662. We love to get all your feedback, comments, and questions. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on the Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Finally, send your emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. So before we get into spoilers... My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And for The Talking Dead, we will see you next week when we cover Pretty Much Dead Already. Bye.
All right, for those of you that are sticking around, we're trying something new here. We've ended the podcast, but we're still going, and we are going to do... Next week on The Walking Dead. That's right, next week on The Walking Dead. Um, Jason, do you want me to play the clip? Sure. All right, this is the promo for next week on the program. Next week on the mid-season finale of AMC's The Walking Dead. So, barn's full of walkers. There's gonna be, man. Which way does this thing go? We don't know if we're gonna find her, Daryl. Can't lose you, too. Rick, you ain't built for this world. We need to stay. We can survive together. I'm telling you, we can't. Enough! It ain't like it was before! Ain't like it was before. No, it ain't, Jason. And it sounds like uh, Herschel ain't changing his mind either. He well, he would never would. So pretty much dead already. And we do see in that clip, if you uh, take a look at the vid- visuals, uh, we do see that Rick indeed has his gun back. Yeah, we show it again. A number of people wrote in too that when Daryl, uh, just before Andrea shoots Daryl or grazes him in the side of the head, he raises the gun. At Daryl before they realize it's him. You know, that occurred to me too uh, yeah. the other day. So, uh, okay, so that's been put to bed. Yep. So the uh, the description of this episode from the AMC TV website is, Herschel sets a deadline. All secrets are out in the open. Glenn stands up for himself and Shane take char- takes charge. Shane takes charge, eh? Yeah. Well, because uh, uh, Rick ain't built for this world. Yeah, that's true. Rick, uh, I guess he's not getting it done. Shane needs to do it. Take charge kind of guy. Shane's been doing a lot lately. He has, <laughs> given the advanced class. Uh, so this uh, episode is written by Scott M. Gimple, and it is directed by Michelle McLaren. Of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. directing fame. And so. X-Files. She was co-executive producer on the X-Files. Yeah, just Breaking Bad's a little more recent in my mind, that's all. Not for me, man. The X-Files are always there. <laughs> well, cool. It is the last episode before our Christmas break, so... You know, it's going to be something big, and that's all I can say about it. I think they're going to leave the farm. That's what I think. All right. I'm going to say they're going to stay at the farm. They're going to be forced to stay there for some reason. Okay. And they won't leave until sometime in the second half of the season, at which point they will leave, and uh, I'm going to say get to the prison. Yeah. I'm also going to say that I think Tyrese is going to show up this season. Not next week, but I think in the second half. For sure. I think we're going to see Tyrese. Do you think they're going to go to Wilshire Estates? Or, not Wilshire Estates. Uh, what's that gated community that they... Wilshire Estates? Right there. Wilshire <laughs> Estates. So, I, yeah. you know, my second guessing myself was... Uh, or do you think that that's what uh, Shane and uh, Andrea well, were doing? Well, that is what they were doing. That that scene where she's out shooting the zombies, and that is the scene that we saw in a trailer a number of weeks ago. And we speculated that that maybe that is Wilshire Estates. Yeah. Um, so now that we know, I mean, it, it could be still. They didn't give it a name in the show, right? Yeah. Um, so Wilshire Estates might just be serving a different purpose on the TV show, and they're never going to go there. Or if they get kicked out of the farm, maybe that's the most logical place to go to look for shelter. Oh, you remember that zombie-infested place that uh, we went to and we had to run away from because of all the zombies, and luckily we had that Hyundai? Uh, we should go there again. <laughs> but you know what? They Maybe, I mean, in hard times, you got to make hard decisions. Maybe they figure they can go and clear it out or something like that. I mean, they need shelter, right? right? So I don't know. It, it could 
could be they leave the farm and they go there and they drive in and hey look there's a Wilshire Estates sign. Yep. Or maybe we'll just never hear about it again. I don't know. Could be. So lots of lots of stuff to find out. All right. That's going to be it for our show. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.